All right. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Davis Turner. I'm one of the elders here at Carpenter's Way. And I just want to thank you all for, first of all, letting me have the opportunity to speak today. Um, it's, uh, it's a privilege. And, uh, you know, today we're going to be talking about joy. Joy arrives. Good. We got that slide changed. Good. Um, but as I get into that, first, I just want to want to just preface with, um, uh, you know, Jason mentioned that, that, you know, last week we found out that, uh, that we're going to be transitioning. Church is going to go through a transition. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's an exciting time. It's, it's a different time, right? Nobody likes change, that kind of thing. But, uh, but I just, I implore you as a congregation to, to be praying. Be praying for your elders as, as we go through and, and make decisions. And uh, we've already started meetings, starting the process. But please be praying for us. Also, be, playing, be praying for your staff. Uh, it's it's, it's a, a difficult season for them as well. But we have an amazing staff, and, and, uh, and I know that you'll support them as we go through this. And then we also ask you to just be praying for Pat and Shannon. Uh, it's difficult for them, too, making this change, making this adjustment. And so we just, we just implore you to be praying during this time period. So thank you. So with that, I want to talk about uh, joy. Want to get into uh, what joy means to me and what joy means in the Bible and that kind of thing. Um, but first, just let's just take just a second about Advent. So Advent, of course, is is this expectation, this opportunity for us to think about uh, hope and what's to come. Uh, it's it's a time, like Jason was saying, that for us to think about um, as we're entering into the season about the about the joy that that arrived. Uh, in, in the form of Jesus Christ. But it's also about thinking about his life and his ultimate you know, death and resurrection. And then, uh, and then, of course, as we talk about, as we think about his second coming, even, even there's expectation there involved. And so, so when we start thinking about all these, these words, you know, two, two weeks ago we talked about uh, peace arrives, right? And we talked about peace meaning completeness and, and how with peace uh, we can... We can lose fear. We can, we can have that position in our God that, that we can be assured of what's going on, despite what's going on around us. And then last week, uh, we talked about hope and how hope arrives and how hope arrived with Jesus Christ. And, and just through that hope, it's not just a hope of, of man, I, I, I hope this happens. But instead, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's a hope that we, of truth that we know is going to happen and that we can be a part of, that we're already part of that plan. And next week, of course, we'll talk about love and how love arrived in the form of Jesus Christ. But this week, we're talking about joy. And so, as we start thinking about joy, I, let's, let's look at what it means. So, the definition meaning basically just says uh, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Now, I would go beyond that. Um, I, if, 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 you're, if you've ever felt, uh, you know, the, the emotion of joy, uh, the, the experience joy yourself... You've probably recognized that that it's even stronger than just great pleasure and happiness, but to me, it's a it's it's it gets into perspective and attitude and and how you approach things, and that's why joy is so important, especially right now as we think about this year that we've been going through and think about all that's that's going on. It transcends the circumstance, and that's going to be a word you're going to hear me say a lot this morning, is transcends. I think it's really important that we think of transcends. 
again, we're dealing with so many circumstances right now. They're just so weird, just, just such a strange time of life. But yet we have the opportunity to transcend that uh, through the love of Jesus Christ. Uh, we're able to see what true joy is and what true hope is and what true peace is and what true love is. So as we think about that, as we think about, you know, what joy is, uh, Charles Swindoll said it, uh, I thought it was really nice how he said it. He says, joy is a deeply felt contentment that transcends difficult cir circumstances and derives maximum enjoyment from every good experience. So there's that transcends again. It's this deeply felt contentment. We're going to talk about contentment a little bit as well. And, and just overall, it just, it, it goes beyond the circumstance. And that's what I want you to take from today is, is that we don't have to be locked into the circumstances of today. Okay? That's where our hope is. That's where our, our joy can come from. So when I think of joy, I think of several different things. Um, you know, what gives me joy? Well, uh, one of the things, of course, and most of you probably would say the same, is my family. I have a wonderful wife, Jamie, and, and uh, uh, three, three great children, uh, Eli, Lucas, and Charlie, and, and they're just amazing. And when I have time to spend time with them, when I, when I take the time to do that, it doesn't matter what's going on around us. We're able to really enjoy the moment, uh, enjoy the time that we have together, and, and it transcends the situation, right? I also think of... Excuse me. Um, I also think of uh, fishing. Now, some of you uh, may not think fishing would be something full of joy, but for me, it's, it's tremendous joy. Um, you know, and, and, and so, so when I think of fishing, I think of, man, that's a lot of work to get ready. It's, I got to get my boat ready. I got to find time to do it. Oh, the weather's bad. I've got to uh, do all this, and then I get out there, and I may not catch any fish. Well, that doesn't sound very joyful, does it? But that's why I bring joy into the picture here is because despite those circumstances, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how the, how the fishing was. It doesn't matter how uh, bad the weather was or anything like that. At the end of the day, typically I have a companion with me and we have time to talk. We have time to just visit. And, and also we, we're in, in God's creation. You know, I'm able to see you know, eagles and otters and deer and whatever. Uh, it, it just, just being able to enjoy what God's given us around us. And through all that, I can be content. And so, so when, I, when I think of things I really like to do, fishing's one of them. And it's because I can, I can tie all that together and, and, it, and it really transcends the situation. It takes me to a place where not only do I um, have peace, and I'm not thinking about work, and I'm not thinking about whatever else is going on in the world at the time. But, but it also takes me back to a time where I fished with my grandfather. You know, I don't get those opportunities to fish with him or my dad anymore. And so it, it gives me that opportunity to kind of transcend time. And so in these ways, joy through family, through fishing, you know, means a lot to me. But it would be useless without God. You notice I mentioned creation in there. You know, notice I mentioned the blessing of family and those kind of things. And so when we think about joy during the Advent season, I want us to think about the pursuit of joy. Too often, I think we're getting hung up in the circumstances. I think we're getting too focused on what's going on around us. And, and we forget to pursue joy. We forget to pursue Jesus. And so that's what we're going to be talking more about today is, is we're going to take a passage out of the Bible and, and see, uh, see a few, few people who, um, who really pursued joy, who really pursued Jesus. And so uh, if you'll bear with me, we're going to read through some, uh, some verses here that, uh, that, 
you know, just God's word is amazing and, uh, and, and has a lot to teach us. So as we go through it, I want you to be placing yourself into these verses, okay? And then we're going to talk further about that. So if you have your Bibles, um, I'm reading out of Matthew 2, 1 through 12. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are no means least among the rulers of Judah. For you shall come, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. And after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Amen. So as we look at that passage, you know, this, this is 2,000 years ago. You know, different country, different time, different place. And so it's, it's real easy to get lost in, in this sometimes. And, and this is one of those passages that you've heard a thousand times, right? If, if you've grown up anywhere near the church or, or just around Christmas, then you've probably heard this story a thousand times. But don't, don't pass it up. Don't overlook it. Don't overlook what's coming out of this. Recognize that, that, man, when we talk about these wise men, you know, we don't know how many there were, but we know that these people would have been, they would have been uh, wealthy. They would have been very uh, educated. Um, they were from the east. They were probably from like Iraq or Iran, that kind of area. And, and they would have been very knowledgeable of just, just all things in, in history and such. And they would have been from an area that, that would have been part of the original captivity of the, of the Israelites. And so, so when you think about these wise men coming and searching, you realize, you start to realize that, that they're basing their journey, they're basing their pursuit on, on ancient history, on stuff that happened way before they were ever around, but that through tradition and through learnings and through trust uh, and hope, they, they've basically been looking for this. They've been watching for the Messiah. And, and when you think about it, when you think about when they would have heard about it originally, it had been from the prophets like Daniel and Isaiah and, and those guys um, centuries before the birth of Jesus. And, and we see them, we see these, these wise men stopping everything they're doing and recognizing that the pursuit was more important. The pursuit to go see who is this new king that's being born. Something's going on here that's, that's affecting you know, our, you know, our astrological signs in the universe and such. Something's going on that's, that's, that's been prophesied for, you know, for hundreds of years and all. Something's going on, so we want to pursue this. And so we see these wise men pursue it. 
And we see them come to this, this place. Uh, they come to, to Jerusalem. They go to Jerusalem because Jerusalem's the, you know, it's, that's the capital. That's the, that's, the, that's the focal point of the area. And so they go, and Herod's there, and this is the time of, of, uh, of the Roman Empire. So you have Herod, who's Jewish king, but, but you also have the Roman uh, in, in play as, Romans in play as well. So you have centurions, and you have governors and such. And it's just a really weird time in Israel at this point, in Jerusalem. But they go to, to Herod and say, hey, hey Herod, we're here. We've, we've, we've traveled you know, hundreds of miles, long ways, and we're here to, to, to worship the new king. Where is he? Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. So he, he goes to the side and grabs his, grabs his wise men and starts, you know, hey, religious leaders, where, where is this, where is this uh, Messiah going to be? So they start looking and they figure out Bethlehem. Okay, great. So they tell them, go to Bethlehem. When we see this whole story, though, and we see the, see the wise men arrive, all of a sudden we realize that, that they're not there just to crown a king. All of a sudden they recognize that, oh, this is, this is well beyond that. And I think sometimes we as, as, as humans, as people, as just us in our typical nature, sometimes we're looking for the king. But, but maybe we're not looking for who Jesus really is. Maybe we're not recognizing who he really is, being God and creator of the universe and, and having saved us and all. And so when they arrived and they really realized what was going on, all of a sudden you see them rejoice exceedingly with great joy and fell down and worshiped him. I mean, this was, this was beyond uh, you know, just, just going and, and declaring someone to be king. This was, this was recognizing that, that, hey, this birth is special. Something's going on here, and, and, and that's an understatement of the year to, to think it is special, right? So what I wanted us to do is just take those, take those verses. Oh. Okay, so it doesn't look like that worked out quite right either. So sorry for all the words on the, on the slide. It was, I was hoping to have it kind of broken down, but we'll do this anyway because uh, I want you to think about it. So don't, don't jump ahead of me, okay? Work with me here. So when we think about passages in the Bible, and we think about, man, that's 2,000 years ago, and, and I'm not part of that, that culture, and, and things are different, it's a good idea to put yourself in the position to try to see what is God trying to teach me out of this? What is he trying to lead me through on this? And so what I wanted us to do is just take a moment to think about these verses and to think about hey, if you put yourself in any of the positions of the characters that we just read about, where do you fall out today? What, what would it look like today? So when we think about Herod, I, I, I'm asking you, you know, are you maybe Herod in this, in this picture? If you notice, he was only interested long enough to put up a front, and he secretly planned to use the, the information for self-gain. Man, how many of us are doing that nowadays? How many of us are putting up false fronts? How many of us are putting up, um, you know, whether it be through social media or whatever it may be, maybe at our jobs or something, but we're trying to protect ourselves, and so we're putting up those false fronts. And then when we get the chance, uh, we're, we're going to use it for, for other, other reasons, to, for selfish gain or that kind of thing. Man, I, 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 think, I think we all take part in, some of these, in all these different roles, but, but if you think about the Romans... Okay, so, so here's all these Roman centurions and such. They're, they're living in a strange land. Um, man, I can just imagine them. They just want to get through life. They're, I want to get back home to, to my family in Rome or, or in Italy. And, you know, I'm, I've, I've 
I've been deployed out here to, to this godforsaken land of Jerusalem, and, and, and I, man, I just, want to, I just want to exist. I want to, I want to just get through this. How many of us are in jobs or situations right now that we just want to get through? That, that maybe it's just a matter of I'm just ready for the day to end or I'm ready for the weekend or whatever it may be. And, and we've, we've kind of lost track of the bigger picture because of that. How about, how about maybe you're one of the neighbors um, in the area in Bethlehem? Maybe, uh, maybe you've been around this, you know, this, this family, Mary, Joseph, and, and Jesus, and, and, and maybe you've had some interaction with them, but, but overall, life is the same. Life hasn't really changed for you. It's still, you know, still normal day-to-day stuff. And so, so a lot of times, you know, a lot of the neighbors probably were, were kind of ignoring or just not recognizing. And I think that's a lot, of, a lot of us today, that we're just not recognizing, that we're not taking the time to, to really think through it and, and to really be involved. Or maybe you're one of the Jewish religious leaders, you know, when you said, hey, where is this king supposed to be? They were able to figure it out. They knew. But instead of focusing on that and, and pursuing like the wise men had, they had basically just just become this whole realm of and and so we see them just um, they're missing the blessing because of legality how many of us are like that how many of us are ready to to call out some some evil or something that we don't agree with or whatever it may be and instead we're missing the blessing of of not just being part of it and being able to share uh, with community and being part of community or maybe we're the wise men this is obviously where we want to be, right? Maybe we're the wise men. Maybe we're starting to put it all together uh, that the pursuit has been more than just a kingmaker. It's been more than that. All of a sudden, we start realizing who this king is. We start realizing who Jesus is. We start realizing uh, this relationship that he's calling each of us into personally. And, and all of a sudden, it becomes different. All of a sudden, it becomes, oh, I need to, this is the time for me to rejoice. This is the time for me to worship. This is for me, this time for me to lay down my life and follow him because that's, that's what I need to do. That's, that's the part, that's the joy that transcends everything. That's where I need to be. And so when we think about these things and we put ourselves in that context, you know, where do you see yourself? Maybe it's a little bit of all of it. Maybe it's one of them. Maybe you're, you're kind of moving through some of these different ones. I don't know. I don't know your story. I know my story, and I know that I've been all of these at one time or another, and I know that at various times of day, I may be at different places in this. But overall, I know where I want to be. I know that I want to be one of the wise men seeking. I want to be pursuing that, that transcending love, that transcending joy, that transcending peace, that transcending hope. And so what's it going to take to get there? Well, we see through the Bible, there's, there's lots of description about this. There's lots of, uh, you know, between Jesus telling us that, that hey, um, you know, J- Jesus tells us, hey, my, my, my yoke is light. Come join me. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Follow me. Jesus tells us how to do it. He tells us how to, to join. Uh, we see uh, James, James, the brother of Jesus, telling us that, hey, consider it joy. Despite all the circumstances, despite all the trials you're going to go through, consider it joy, Right? And then we see Paul in multiple places, uh, Thessalonians, and I'm going to cover Philippians in just a second. But he tells us to, to take it in your hands, to pursue, to rejoice, to, to, to be part of it. So let's read those verses out of Philippians. No. 
Okay. Philippians 4, 4 through 13 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Notice these words I've got underlined here. Notice these words are more absolute type words. They're, they're big words. They're transcending words. Okay. Rejoice in the Lord always. So always rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Well, that one sticks to me all the time. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That verse there, if we would take that verse and apply it to, to any decision we're making or, or anything that's about to come out of our mouth or off the keyboard or anything like that, it'd be a whole different world. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Paul is writing from a prison at this point. Okay, he wrote several of his letters from prison. You know, after whether it was being beat or, or you know, struck down or not, not being able to eat right or anything else, he, he endured a lot, but he always counted his joy. He always rejoiced. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound in every and any circumstance. I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. So this is the, this is the path. This is, this is the way that we can pursue joy, that we can pursue hope, that we can pursue, pursue love and peace. It's by recognizing that we're content in Christ, that that's where we can find our contentment. It's recognizing that he transcends everything. And so if we can be in him, if we can abide in him, then, then we've achieved those things. And so, so where does our uh, joy come from? Where does our peace? Well, I want you to be thinking about that. As, as Christmas you know, arrives this year, I can't believe it's already mid-December. It's, it's already upon us. But as it arrives, as it approaches, we've, we've had a year full of struggles, right? I don't think anybody in the world would, would argue with what we've been going through. Tragedies, struggles, unrest, disorder everywhere. The question is, where is your peace, hope, love, and joy right now? Right now, as you leave here today, where is that peace, love, joy, and hope? It's arrived in the form of Jesus Christ. The answer can only be found in Jesus Christ. And had you watched the, the video earlier, part of the video used that in this. It said, Christian joy is a profound decision of faith and hope in the power of Jesus' own love and life. Christian joy is profound decision. It's a decision each of us can make. It's part of that pursuit. It's part of that, uh, part of that journey, part of that, uh, that relationship. Okay? So overall, it's been kind of corny. You've seen it everywhere, right? But if you take it into full effect and really think about what it means, it's not corny at all because wise men or wise people still seek him. And that's what we have opportunity to do today. If you'll pray with me. Father God, thank you.
thank you for transcending all of this mess that's going on around us. Thank you for, for bringing us peace, completeness. Thank you for bringing us hope. Thank you for bringing us joy and love. And Father, none of us could have ever imagined it being done the way you did it by becoming one of us. Father, thank you for knowing exactly what we need at exactly the right time in exactly the right situation. And so, Father, I just pray that each of us, through these situations, through these circumstances, whatever we're battling with, whether it be health issues or, or, or just, you know, COVID or, or, or elections or other struggles going on with us right now, Father, that, that we can rise above that and think above it by, by focusing on you. Father, you've given us the opportunity to join you, Father, and I thank you for that. And Father, I know that as, 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 we, as we walk uh, in, in, in your light, Father, that, that we're going to stumble, we're human. But Father, I thank you for your grace and your truth that, that, that you pick us right back up. Father, guide us as we go into this Christmas season and beyond. Don't let it just end with the season. Let this flow through all of our lives, Father. We thank you so much. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.